Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I think it's just the environment that does that. I was, so, I was amazed when I did the, uh, the Christmas special. That I thought, oh, you know, I've done lots and lots of classes and I've done uh, food festivals and so on and I've written a book. And then as soon as you get back in the tent, it literally takes you back to that that kind of um, the feeling when you first went in. Well, welcome back to The Bakedown Podcast for our review of this special festive episode that gave us the perfect start to 2021 as we welcomed back Henry, Helena, Nancy and Rahul to the Bake Off tent. This is Josh Lanzi, founder of Bake With A Legend, the company that gives you the chance to bake alongside former Bake Off stars, which you can do from anywhere in the world with our virtual classes. There are over 15 classes currently on sale on our website. So whether you wanted to make tiramisu with Jane, a Charlotte Royale with Ian, a pork pie with Howard or Krakalan with Dan and so much more, just log on to bakewithalegend.com forward slash online classes to check out what we have on offer. And remember, use the code podcast to get 10% off all class bookings, which will be continuing with the same regularity in 2021. Also, if you're thinking about getting your own group of friends, family or colleagues together, then we'd of course love to hear from you about arranging a private event where you can choose the baker and what you'd like to bake. You can email us info at bakewithalegend.com. Now, this will likely be our last podcast for a short while, but we hope to see you online and we wish you and your families a happy new year and wishing everyone a better and easier 2021. I was joined this week by Jane and Howard, who have both had the honour of being invited back to the tent for a festive episode. So I started this week's podcast by asking Jane if watching this episode gave her special memories of when she returned to the tent. Jane, both of you have been through this very special experience of not only being in the Great British Bake Off tent, but going back for a Christmas special. Did it bring back memories of that Christmas special for you? Oh, it did. I I absolutely loved the Christmas special because you go back knowing most of the crew um, and you know exactly where you are, what you're going to find in your drawer. All that. It, it's just a really joyous experience. Yeah, and it made me want to be there be honest I, I so envied them having that opportunity to go back again I absolutely loved it what, what struck me Howard watching the episode was there sort of genuine nerves come back even though you're not really playing for something in the same way as always looking to get into next week and the week after they seem genuinely nervous I, I, I think it's just the environment that does that. I was so I was amazed when I did the uh, the Christmas special that I thought, oh, you know, I've done lots and lots of classes and I've done uh, food festivals and so on and I've written a book. And then as soon as you get back in the tent, it literally takes you back to that that kind of um, the feeling when you first went in. 
I think it's not just the nervousness, it's the fact that because you've had um, considerable experience since being in the tent, the expectations are higher as well. So you just want to do even better than you did previously. Yeah, and it's true. And I suppose if you have a, a bad week, but don't leave the process during the normal series, Jane, this time you've got one show to try and get everyone to remember how, how talented and capable you were. Oh, that's exactly right. And you can have a, a mayor of a bake um, during your normal sort of bake-off experience and survive. But I think it's especially hard for winners, winners or finalists, because they really have got something to prove. Or I mean, they've already proved it, but they, you know, the only way is either staying where you are as a winner or going down. And I think it's the difficult for the winners and I think we saw it with Candice when she did hers um, and then she took an awful lot of slack on social media because she didn't have the greatest time in the tent over her, her sort of festive special and, and they really I think it puts a lot of pressure on people especially like Nancy um, and Rahul who we all hold up as being a couple of the most fantastic winners. I adore Nancy. You know, she's one of these people I've always followed. I was very excited to meet her the first time. Um, and we all want our heroes, if you like, to have a great experience. And I'd put my money on Nancy to win. Um, you know, it, it is a difficult one. I mean, I think if you've had a um, not had a particularly long run in the tent or you've gone out quite early to go back you've got nothing to prove you're just in there really for a bit of fun and to show that actually you can bake and you just had a bad time last time I, I did feel sorry for them I mean both Nancy and Rahul were so nervous um, on this episode and, and that quite surprised me yeah I, I'd agree and um, and Howard just as we we, we watched this episode and it was such a joy to be talking about tears of cake rather than tears of COVID restrictions as we as we watched the episode. It, it must have been a slightly different experience as well for those like Nancy who were in the uh, series, you know, in a similar era, if I can call it that. And she was one year apart from you because obviously so much has changed. Only Paul Hollywood remains. That's it really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Although I have to say, I think... Um, the, the actual layout of the tent and the equipment and everything will have been extremely familiar to her. So, and Nancy just seems one of those people who gets on well with everybody. So I think she will have fitted in with, uh, with Matt and Noel and Prue. She was sort of asking Prue if she remembered things like smocks. So I think she, uh, you know, she, she picks up, um, she has a great rapport with people, uh, even if they're not people that she's particularly met before. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you remember Nancy from your auditions? Is that right? I do. Yeah, my my very first audition, uh, Nancy was there when we were chatting, and then uh, she went to, through to the final round of auditions, which I was at as well. Um, so I was really surprised the first evening when you meet the other bakers that Nancy wasn't amongst our group, but um, for whatever reason she just wasn't chosen uh, in our year, and then um, got through. The, the following year and of course went on to win it so um, I think uh, perhaps if I had had another year I'd have still been in the same position I was yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean um, I do say some of the bakers some of the best bakers on Bake Off didn't get through the first time or even second time just want to put it out there that took me three goes to get on <laughs> so for anybody listening and I have talked to a couple of people recently who have applied to Bake Off and, and are, are like giving up just don't give up just keep applying they'll take you one day <laughs> well look we have a fantastic episode to look back on and um, I'm so pleased to have uh, both of you here, I thank you for all the time you gave to doing the uh, series and for all the events you've been hosting for us online over the uh, last six, seven weeks. We have been uh, particularly busy hosting online events as we look ahead to 2021. We are we are hopeful of uh, entertaining many more of you for the many weeks and, and months ahead um, on online events. So you can check out our website, bakewithlegend.com forward slash online classes if you are interested to join us. Now... We got off to this episode, Howard, with a fruit crumble that was supposedly suitable for a New Year's Day feast. 
and uh, a complimentary ice cream to go with it. How are you? A, you a regular crumble maker? Um, I, I have made crumbles quite a few times. I do like a crumble. Um, my partner Peter is particularly fond of, of apple crumble. Um, it frustrates me that whenever we go out for a meal, it doesn't feel as if uh, the menu is a complete menu unless it's got an apple crumble on it. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that does that has in the past at least restricted the places we can uh, we can dine out at. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was an interesting challenge it wasn't something that would particularly strike me as um as something that you would serve on on new year's day but i think the the idea was that it's a little bit kind of heavy on carbs and comfortable and if you have been hitting the bottle a bit over the new year period then i suppose a crumble is uh, is as good as anything yeah absolutely well as good as anything is that is that how you'd see it jane you you're a fan of uh, making ice crumble I like a crumble. Um, yeah, sorry, I do. I, I just be honest as a as a challenge, as Howard said, for a celebratory banquet or meal on New Year's Day. Um, I'm not quite sure I would choose a crumble to make, but it was nice and it was comforting. And um, I don't know. I wouldn't decorate a crumble. They all looked lovely, um, but I wouldn't have bothered to decorate a crumble and put honeycomb on the top crumble is sort of just good honest um comfort food i think i'm I'm not sure whether they ran out of ideas on that one um when they were setting the challenge but you know it it was it was a pleasure to watch and it was nice to see what they did and and um yeah i don't think i'll be making it on new year's day though but there we go when it came to talking about it proof said that making a superb crumble is really hard. What's the biggest challenge? Is it getting the right ratio of, of crumble to fruit? What's the biggest challenge here? I, th- I think it's personal taste. I think I think Elena was saying that that she likes um, a lot of crumble. You know, some people like like more fruit. Um, so I think there is an element of personal taste about the proportions. Um, I think um, you want a nice, juicy, uh, fruity base. And uh, I think you definitely want the crumble to crumble. So I think there was um, there was a little bit of of comment about particularly Nancy's, which was a little on the sandy side. I think I think Paul said. Um, so you 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 want a, a kind of crispness, uh, and it needs to kind of break away and crumble rather than just disintegrate into sand. Well, let's uh, talk about the four contestants we have. We haven't really mentioned Helena yet. And uh, Jane, she was largely trying to live up to uh, potentially the uh, stereotypes we knew and loved from when she was in the tent. Resting in pieces. What did you make of this? <laughs> Resting in pieces. I'm not sure that's what I would have wanted to eat New Year's Day. It's just, yeah, I'm a bit too close to resting in pieces myself, I'm afraid, at my ripe old age and to be faced with tombstones on New Year's Day. Just kick the year off. <laughs> well, I don't know, in, in not a particularly cheerful mood, I think. Um, yeah, I couldn't work out what the tombstones were made of. Uh, were they made out of chocolate? Were they coloured up white chocolates? I I, I don't. Did they mention it? I, if they did, I missed it. Um, but it was well. I mean, frankly, it was over the top and brilliant and huge fun and just what we've come to expect from Helena. Um, I, you, you wouldn't have had her on there, and she'd done something safe and pretty and. Um, traditional would you i thought it was great um i I think she took a huge risk though with tinned peaches it made me wonder whether she was um sort of slipped in there at the last moment because you wouldn't choose to do tinned peaches would you if you were on a bake-off challenge anyway i thought it was I, i was surprised paul didn't comment on it um, to be perfectly honest. And the risk is always that if you've got the tinned peaches in there, that they go to complete mush by the time your crumble topping is cooked. But she is such good fun, isn't she? She's such a good sport. And her relationship with Noel is hilarious. Um, I, I, she was a she was a good, good person to have on a festive bake-off special, I think. 
Yeah, she was uh, she was there with the the canned pe- peaches and and what else, Howard? Was it salted butter and pecan? Was that the ice cream? That yeah, and you? apparently that was that was um, delicious, which I I thought sounded quite interesting. So uh, so yeah, it's one I wouldn't mind having a go at. Well, Howard, we just mentioned uh, Nancy uh, a few minutes ago. She was going for a Caribbean theme, and there were some some fairly decorative aspects to what she made. I thought. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Nancy and uh, Rahul were were taking the crumble into a, a new direction. So I, I'd never thought of um, not only decorating the top, but Nancy was making little flowers to slip down, little fruit flowers to slip down the side of the crumble. Um, it, it was all getting a little bit Fanny Craddock for me, but uh, I thought uh, <laughs> very uh, very entertaining. Yeah, Jane, what did you make of um, of this? And, and and there was a few funny moments, weren't there, where Paul was almost deliberately trying to put Nancy off. It was a, almost a personal battle between the two. Well, they did have it in their series, didn't they? When she um, she refused to call him Paul and call him the male judge. And that banter went on quite a lot through her series then. So I think it was expected that there would be a bit of a wind-up between the two of them. Um, and it was lovely to see. It's nice to see people go back, and they have got more confidence. They don't feel threatened because they're only there for a weekend. So they, 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 can, be a, um, they can give the judges a run for their money, and I'd really love to see it. I, I think, for me, Nancy does it in a very nice way. Nobody feels awkward or uncomfortable. And Paul takes it in very good spirit. I thought it was great. And I, he certainly didn't put her off. I mean, she's feisty enough that she's not going to be put off by the likes of Paul. So just, yeah, it, it was a joy to watch. Um, it was a joy to watch. Another contestant that is always uh, a joy to watch is, is Rahul. And those, uh, those nerves didn't seem to have gone away in the couple of years he's had out of the tent. Here uh, we had well, an orange and vanilla theme was out to the ice cream, an apple and plum crumble, Howard. What did you make of, uh, of, of what Rahul came up with? Yeah, I, I thought it sounded uh, really nice. I loved the fact that he was putting spice in there. Ginger and nut topping on, on the crumble sounded delicious. And then he basically just put the ki- kitchen sink on top, didn't he? It was... Uh... <laughs> And there was that moment where he was giving it, obviously, to, to Paul to have a taste. And what, what was it that Paul found he seemed slightly slightly affronted by? I think it was a little bit of cinnamon stick. So I think he'd taken out the, uh, the star anise and other things that were fairly obvious. But he must have just left a little, little bit of the uh, cinnamon stick in there. And um, as Rahul said, you know, trust the fact that the only bit of cinnamon stick uh, left in the crumble is going to finish up in Paul Hollywood's mouth. Yes, that's a, that is a danger. And, um, well, Jane, I know you were a fan of, uh, of Henry, so you must have been pleased to see him back into the tents. What did you make of, uh, of seeing Henry again and of his crumble? Oh, he is just lovely, isn't he? I mean, he's just turned 21. What a... Uh... Absolute charmer he is. He's a joy. I, I don't know. I, don't, I certainly was not artic- as articulate as him then. I don't think I'm as articulate as him now, to be perfectly frank. Um, he has such a lovely way with him. He is funny without being too smart. I, he, it, was, well, it, it made my day, actually, seeing Henry back in the tent. And he just proved himself to be a great baker as I think he should have gone further when he was in his series. Um, and I've heard some lovely stories about how he helped other bakers, especially David, who went on to win. Um, yeah, this boy is a star in the making, if not already. Um, but I suppose baking. <laughs> we go on about Henry. Um, just to, for those of you who don't know, my son's called Henry too, and he is even lovelier. So that's why my first affinity with Henry in the tent, where that came from. Um, I thought it was great. I, I particularly liked his crumble. They were all the flavours I would have loved. Plums and blackberries, delicious. The blackberries would really complement those plums. Um, and a hazelnut crumble topping. And I was glad to see he didn't decorate it too much on the top. Um, but 
he does did what I do, um, which is tree bake my crumble. Because well, the thing I don't like is where you put your crumble on the top and it soaks up so many of the juices um, and it goes a bit this soggy, slushy layer. Now, some people like it. I don't. Um, and I picked up the tip of pre-baking my crumble from Raymond Blanc, um, uh, that fantastic French chef. If uh, any of you listening in America who haven't heard of Raymond Blanc, he is absolutely incredible. Um, do follow him online. Wonderful recipes. And, and he pre-bakes his crumble. Um, and it gives you a crumbly, shortbready topping that doesn't go too soggy when you cook it with all your fruit. So I kind of disagree with Prue, who says it needs to hold together a bit more. I think it's very hard to get it holding together too much and have it crumble and not have it go soggy. Um, so for me, the favourite crumble out of all of them um, was Henry's. And not just because I think he's absolutely adorable. Um, I didn't fancy Nancy's cooked banana. That put me off a bit. And Helena's, I, I didn't like the idea of her tinned peaches. So Henry's was my Henry's was my number one choice, to be honest. Um, so, yes, I'm going to stop talking now because I'll just talk about Henry all day. No, I mean, you're absolutely right to congratulate him. And also he was told that his ice cream was silky smooth. Um, and had just the right amount of uh, of ginger in it where, uh, as well. I mean, the feedback overall on this one, Howard, was, was fairly strong. You mentioned that um, on Helena's, Prue said, you know, too much crumble, not enough fruit, which Helena defended. Rahul was told that his, his texture was spot on, good ratio of filling to the crumble. And on Nancy's, well, Nancy was told she needed perhaps more of an agent to bind it. Um, but those were the largely things I took from it. What, what did you take from the feedback they got? Yeah, I think Nancy had got a, a kind of, it could possibly even have been a, a sort of gluten-free crumble because it was said it was oats and ground rice. I've found in the past that you need something like a little bit of egg white in there if you if you are doing something like oats and ground rice. Um, I should say, though, about Henry, oh, I love the fact that he'd got a jar of stem ginger with the brand uh, masked out, and it was clearly a Waitrose jar of stem ginger because, of course, we had a, um, a podcast uh, last year, didn't we, Henry Shops at Waitrose? Yeah. We, yeah, we did. did yeah. <laughs> we did. It was, uh, no, it was fantastic, and, and obviously the uh, showstopper will come on to reminding us just how young uh henry is but he has uh, been fantastic and he he had a great column um here in i think it was the eye paper during the most recent series of bake off so um, for anyone listening who didn't get an opportunity to read that and has some time over this uh, new year period who wants to uh remember the series do go and find henry's column online it was a really enjoyable read everybody my name's helen and i'm kobe and we're from flix watcher a podcast in the strip media family we are a movie podcast and we review films that are just on netflix in the uk so if you've ever struggled to find a film on netflix to watch we're the podcast for you we have guests on from other podcasts big and small just like these guys that you listen to now they choose the films and we rate them and discuss them with our unique scoring system you can find Flix Watcher on any podcast app by searching Flix Watcher. That's F L I X Watcher. And if you want more information about any of the other podcasts in the Strip Media family, just visit www.stripped.media to find out more. Now, a technical challenge um, that I'm sure would have appealed to uh, to, to both of you because um, we, we mentioned during the last series about steamed buns and uh, I, I did as a thank you to both of you for doing this podcast with me, sent you... Um, sent you a uh, well something you could definitely have uh, been useful in in making this now howard last time we spoke it was on your shelf and unmoved i'm wondering if it has moved and uh, how your bow bun experiences have been to date i just see okay, the, the the corner of of this particular room is like a, it's it's kind of a wash with new year's resolutions because i can just see there's a roll of flooring which is yet to be put down in the loo and there on the window sill is still this steamer reflector oh no yes i i will definitely definitely do some steam buns <laughs> this um, well, jane howard maybe hasn't done the bow buns before have you made bow buns before jane 
I have made bao buns before. Um, only the one um, I did a I did a, a savoury. I can't remember whether it was a pork filling. Possibly I did a savoury pork filling one, and I did a dessert one. I think with bananas and caramel. Um, and funny you should mention our steamer because um, I am going to make bao buns tomorrow. Um, because we've been talking about them over dinner at home. Um, my kids have been with me, especially since we've all been locked down. And my daughter is over from Barcelona. And Lord knows whether she'll be allowed to go back again. Um, and she's gluten-free. So I'm going to try and make gluten-free bow buns. So watch this space. But the steamer is definitely, definitely coming out, Josh. So you will be the first to see the results when... Um, when um, they come out of the steamer. Um, but they're great, those little steamers. And bow buns are actually quite straightforward. But if you've never seen them before, like poor Nancy, uh, you know, you, you don't know what they look like. I thought some of the comments about what they look like were very appropriate. If you don't know what they look like and you don't know what you're heading to, um, she, she seemed to just completely be thrown by it and look really, really, really worried by it. And I felt so sorry for her. Um, I think we're at an advantage down here. I mean, she's, I can't remember where she lives. Where does she live, Howard? Um, but, you know, down here in, in the southeast, and certainly with my kids of my age, they live, or my, my son lives in London, and bow buns are things that they can go and get as snacks for lunches. So when they come here, they will come and tell me about things like bow buns or can we have a go at making bow buns? Or, or whatever, or ramen, or whatever things that these fancy London ways they bring down with them. So, you know, I have, I am exposed to some of these interesting bakes, whereas Nancy clearly hasn't seen bao buns, and I think you're really screwed if you haven't, um, because you just can't visualise, you just can't visualise it. And I think she had a bao bun moment, that was a bit like my damp noodle moment. It was probably one of the worst things she's ever baked in the tent. And I've I, I felt really, really sorry for her. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I do feel like familiar with bao buns. It is the sort of thing you see at, at now, like, uh, you know, these uh, food trucks or, or areas certainly around London where, you know, people are nipping out for lunch and, and getting nice filled um, bao buns. I mean, Howard, Nancy said this is hell. No idea. There must be no worse feeling than, than not knowing. And even there was a moment where Helena was sort of looking over looking almost confused at quite what um, Nancy was, was coming up with. It must be a horrible feeling. It is a horrible feeling. And I, I, I think one of the other problems that Nancy had was she was in that awful position physically in the tent of being at the front. So you can't even overlook uh, people who are on benches in front of you and see what they're doing. You would have to really turn around. And uh, uh, so I, I think it's she was at a disadvantage in that sense that... She couldn't kind of um, poach ideas from anybody else as well. And let's not forget that this was probably recorded more or less at the same time as the previous series. So mm. she wouldn't have even seen the steamer being used um, as we were, were able to see it. She wouldn't have seen that, would she? Because this, yeah, yeah absolutely right. But streaming was also because they were supposed to roll it out what was it, 10 centimetres by, I can't remember now. Six. Four centimetres or something. Mm. Six, was it 10 centimetres by six centimetres? And she seemed to roll it out. It's absolutely enormous, <laughs> the length of her dough. That didn't look like 10 centimetres. I've just got the ruler out now. Um, and, it, you know, she said, yeah, two, two inches, which is right for the six, but it seems as though she'd got it rolled out to, to near a six inches long which didn't give her much of a chance which is why they were so flat yeah well it certainly didn't go her way now henry was busy saying that they are supposed to look like an arse is the uh, the way he describes it at which uh, matt lucas was affronted at the idea of henry you know not uh, abiding by the unwritten rules that bake off as a family show and we should we should keep it that way now he ended up having to cut his in half howard so he didn't quite get this right either no, I think they'd sort of stuck together a little bit. So they, they should sort of stay partly open, possibly even just need a little bit of easing apart. I don't know why I'm demonstrating with my hands on the podcast. 
but, uh, but yeah, I think they'd uh, they'd sort of welded together a little bit. So he, he that's why he was having to uh, get a knife in there. Yeah, he did. Well, the, the, there were some fairly uh, proper looking bow buns coming from Rahul, certainly, mm-hmm. weren't there, Jane? I hope Rahul got this fairly right. I mean, in the end, he went, there was maybe too much garnish in, in the feedback, but they were nice buns, beautifully light, and he ended up being the winner of the uh, challenge. Yeah, they were great. I mean, a little tip as well from him of just oiling, just oiling the surface of the dough before you fold it over your... Um, uh, what were they using? They were using chopsticks or something. Um, is a great tip because that would stop it sticking together like Henry's did. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, he did try kitchen sink at it and cover it and all sorts of garnish. But have you seen his Instagram? That he he loves to decorate. He does. For anybody who doesn't follow Rahul, you should. He does the most incredible bakes. So to just stick half a dozen buns um, with perhaps a little bit of lettuce on the plate is completely um, opposite the way Rahul likes to decorate things. But it's all about the flavour and it was all about the buns. And he was a deserved winner. I mean, he did a brilliant, brilliant job. He is, without a doubt, an astoundingly good baker. Yeah, it's so talented. Um, yeah, as we mentioned, maybe the confidence is still not 100% there, despite being the winner of the Great British Bake Off, where you'd think there should be a little else you can do to to give you that confidence. But um, yeah, so, so impressive. And actually, Helena did pretty well here as well, Howard. Um, and, and but for hers being perhaps a bit small, might have, might have pipped uh, Rahul here. Yeah, I, th- I thought she did a great job, actually. And, and, and again, um, um, Helena was in a, an unfortunate position because she was also in one of the, the front benches, so she couldn't um, look at anybody else, but she didn't need to. I think she seemed pretty confident about what she was doing and just um, just went in there. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, N- Nancy and her uh, crepes uh, coming forth, and then it was Henry third, primarily for, you know, not quite getting that, that fold right, but they, he was told they did taste good, possibly a little bit underdone. Then it was Helena in second, and Rahul in first. So as we headed to the showstopper, it was uh, an opportunity for everyone to reflect on their 21st birthday. So it would be remiss of me not to ask a very similar question to uh, to both of you. I mean, Jane, if there was a cake reflecting on your 21st birthday, there would there have been certain themes or, or moments you might have looked to incorporate. Yeah, I've given this a little bit of thought. My twenty-first birthday, I was at I was at uni, um, and I'd got a sabbatical year with the student union actually, and I was their social secretary. So I had a year of organising concerts and film shows and end of year parties and weekly discos. With discos, we had discos in those days. Um, and one thing, my actual twenty-first birthday was at a little pizza place, and pizza places weren't so common. In those days, didn't have a cake, um, and this place was so small that I think about three or four tables. And we used to have a chat. Uh, there was a chat called Richard Digence. I don't remember Richard Digence, Howard. He used to do sort of uh, amusing songs, and he, I think, he was sitting on the stairs because he hadn't got anywhere else to play. And we were having pizza and jugs of sangria. And he was sitting on the stairs playing amusing songs like Hector the Dope Sniffing Hound. So I didn't know whether I would make a cake reflecting that. <laughs> Perhaps I would have a spaced out dog. Or, sorry, I'm going to rattle on here. And um, one of the things, I had my big, big, big concert was Procol Harum, um, that Emma of the. Um, whiter shade of pale fame and I had to go on stage and introduce them and I really was not the most confident 21st of 20 year olds 21 year olds and they promised to put a green light on me to cover up the redness and they didn't they then stuck a red light on me so I looked even redder and more embarrassed when I introduced them on stage so I don't know it 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 would definitely have something musically themed whether it would be a piano or whether it would be Hector the dope sniffing hound and a guitar and a jug of sangria. I haven't quite decided, I think. <laughs> but it would be along those lines. Oh, 
Well, I look forward to that cake being up on your Instagram before long. <laughs> we, 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 we look forward to that. Howard, what, what would you have gone for? 21st birthday uh, cake. Oh, 21st. Do you know, we talked about this when we were talking about 1980s week, that my yes. memory of that particular period wasn't, wasn't always um, the greatest. And I remember my 21st birthday, um, we went out for a meal at a quite a nice pub um, just outside of Sheffield. But it was at the period when uh, of the Falklands War and I was getting all very, very nervous about the fact that I might get called up to fight. So <laughs> I think oh. I would probably have just preferred to have obliterated memories of, of that period and gone for something uh, like Henry did, which just looked really, really nice and tasty rather than representing anything of that, of that time. Yeah, well, well, Henry, of course, referenced that his 21st birthday had been scrapped, really, due to uh, the national lockdown, which gave him a little bit more freedom, potentially, to say of what exactly his 21st birthday was. But yeah, this was, uh, of course, a, uh, a the, the showstopper challenge. They were going to be given um, four hours to do this. They were told whatever sponge, whatever fruit curd, they wanted to have something celebratory, look for some impressive shaping and, and carving is what we were told we could uh, expect in this. Well, let, who should we start with first? Let's start with Nancy's uh, first, Jane. I mean, she was talking about uh, 1975 and uh, 10 a pint and needing a pound to uh, a pound to go out. What did you make of uh, what Nancy uh, came up with here? Well, I thought it, I thought it was great. So she was 21 a year ahead of me. So she. Um, um, I thought it was perfect, wasn't it? It did everything that the brief asked for. She'd got a carved cake in the shape of her car. She carved that out. It, it, her in her bell bottoms or her flares. I remember we used to slit, slit the seam down the outside, and I had some pink psychedelic material stuck in there to make my bell bottoms even wider. They were. I'd say it was wider than my feet. And I'll tell you what, my feet are big. So these are wide, wide bell bottoms. It, it did everything for me. I thought she did two lovely, absolutely lovely flavours of cakes. And it represented what happened on her 21st. Ticked all the boxes. She did a great job. And to get that amount of modelling and carving um, and cooking and cooling more to the point, um, done in the time I thought was astounding and it was interesting the way they showed her rolling out her fondant between plastics so that it didn't stick alongside Helena rolling out hers not on plastic where it did stick so just went to reinforce what a absolute star and knowledgeable baker Nancy was with a, with a sense of fun so yeah Nancy maintained that um, that um, starness, starness, yeah, star quality. There we go. She maintained that star quality for me. I thought she did a great bake. She did. I, I loved the uh, the car, the, the the red car that she managed to create. It looked fantastic. I mean, just in the feedback there, Jane, she was told, you know, would like bigger chunks of of walnut. But overall, a, a delicious uh, flavour. And uh, when it came to the uh, overall uh, feedback at the end, and we were told there was really, you know, a choice of three to to win from. She was even with a very poor. Uh, technical challenge she was still in in the reckoning yes she was and i I'd, we have no knowledge of how the marking goes and, and how the point scoring goes but i think we all feel that um what you get for your showstopper is is weighted maybe higher than the other two and so there's a good chance that she could well have picked herself up um, with a, a stunning showstopper, and I think she did. She she certainly got herself back into the race after the technical. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Howard, let's talk about Rahul, and he, he was referencing his sort of examinations back when he was studying in Calcutta, and I, I can well imagine that if he gets uh, a little bit stressed with the odd examination, I suspect Rahul uh, probably revises very hard. I don't think he'd sort of turn up and, uh, and be, you know, unprepared. So what, what did you make of what Rahul came up with? Some, some impressive, uh, impressive almost engineering work. Yeah, it was. It was impressive. And I think we, we mentioned about um, 
Rahul's Instagram account, um, the other thing that he does is put these very long descriptions of um, things that he's baked. And I think we were treated to that uh, with this as well. So he's, uh, he certainly gives you all the, uh, the background story to everything that he's, he's doing. Um, yeah, it looked lovely. I, I thought um, very, very impressive. And uh, the flavours sounded really good as well, the chocolate and the orange. Yeah, he um, well, he he got pretty uh, pretty good feedback, I would say, didn't he? Howard, come the end of this, in in terms of uh, uh, of what Paul and Prue had to uh, had to say of him, that you know everyone felt it sort of looked amazing. Yeah, and and as Prue said, you're a very clever baker, which he yeah. absolutely is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jay, now I will leave Henry to you, given you are the uh, number one member of the uh, Henry. Uh, uh, fan club. I mean, he was getting what, three tiers. He was going for the raspberry, Swiss meringue, buttercream cake. I mean, what, what did you make of what, what he ended up uh, presenting here? Um, yeah, I think I have a few. Uh, I have competitors for his number one fan club. I think, um, but um, I thought it, it was an astounding cake. It looked beautiful. I wanted a slice. I liked the idea that he'd used the, um, the rhubarb instead of fondant to coat the cake. The, the flavours inside were relatively straightforward, weren't they? Who doesn't like a lemon sponge and um, you know, raspberry and Swiss meringue buttercream? I mean, it looked uh, amazing and it looked beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But, <laughs> and it obviously tasted nice. That's the one everybody wanted to take home. But, you know, the brief was something for your 21st. I know we hadn't had a 21st. Um, but I would have liked to, it could have represented anything, couldn't it? It could have been a wedding in the summer. It could have been, I don't know, an engagement party. It could have just been a big birthday celebration cake. Didn't particularly reflect what was going on on his 21st. So, and it didn't have any carving or uh, shaping or, so I'm not 100% sure that it hit the brief for me. Um, undoubtedly a beautiful cake and I want to eat it and I'm going to nick that idea of trying out the rhubarb but as far as the shaping and carving and representing a 21st I'm not sure it hit the brief for me sorry Henry you know I love you I think uh, we 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 understand the comments Jane don't uh, don't feel bad we we uh, (laughs) he he will he will um, he will I'm sure understand that we have have to uh, analyse what he's doing. I did love the rhubarb, though. I thought it was particularly uh, impressive uh, visually as that went. And, mm-hmm. and just finally, Howard uh, on Helena. Um, I mean, the, she, I, everyone was probably intrigued to know what was going on on her 21st birthday. Uh, and we, to an extent, we did find out, didn't we? Yeah, and I, I, I think this was the kind of cake that, that Helena would, would like. It, not just for her 21st birthday. I think she'd have it any day of the week wouldn't she so uh, but yeah it was interesting uh, again the, uh, as, as Jane said there was carving that went in there in terms of the the crystal ball I thought the candle cake was actually a brilliant idea I thought it yeah. worked uh, really well and it's the kind of cake it doesn't have to be done in that kind of witchy way although it'd be great for Halloween or whatever um, but you could certainly do a, a cake like that um, you know for Christmas or um or any occasion that that has kind of candle links to it. Yeah, just put Paul said, you know, just that the peanut butter, you know, did didn't come through. Um, Paul didn't look massively keen on the the fudginess of it, even though Prue said that that was uh, delicious. But she didn't do quite enough to put herself in contention here, Howard. No, and it's a shame because I, I think she had done um reasonably well in in the technical challenge and as as jane says i think it is how you perform on the showstopper that sort of potentially seals your fate yeah i think you're uh, you're absolutely right and so it came to the end of the episode and well no one leaves the tent in the sense that no one's not coming back next week because none of them are, are coming back next week but there is of course uh, a winner and how would the winner was rahul did that uh add up for you was that the right decision yeah i think i think it was i i have um actually memories of rahul 
Um, from uh, 2017, I think it was, I judged a cake competition and gave him second place. So, uh, <laughs> so he then went on the following year. I thought, yeah, I, I, I don't know who, who should have been judging who actually, but uh, but yeah, he said he's a great baker. So uh, fantastic what? achievement. <laughs> what was this event, Howard? It was a, it was a charity uh, event at a um, local church hall. And I hadn't realised, obviously, I didn't know who this guy was because it was the year before he was on, on Bake Off. But, but um, quite quite shy, quite nervy. And he'd done this cake and he was asking me for feedback on it. And uh, he, he got second place in this, in this competition. And then someone pointed out the following year that it was the same guy um, that I'd given second place to in this, this competition. Can only imagine who won, Howard. I'd never heard that story, Howard. How exciting. No, me neither. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think he I think he smashed it, really. And the only criticism that Paul gave him for a showstopper was the text. The cake was a little bit dry, I think, is what what he said. It can't believe, and it shouldn't be like that. But, you know, I thought he did an amazing job on his showstopper. I think completely over the top. But he... he he got it right in all three challenges, didn't he? You know, the slight criticisms, just a little bit too much ginger in the first and a little bit dry in the third. But overall, I think I think he he did better than everybody else um, overall and a worthy, worthy winner. And I'm del- delighted for him. Um, you know, he was so nervous. I don't know why he's so. God, if he has, he's a what nuclear scientist, isn't he? I don't. I hope he's nowhere near any buttons because his hands shake really badly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like him to uh, have a nervous moment when he's dealing with anything nuclear. But no, good for him. He did a great job, and he seemed a bit more confident than he did in the tenth the last time in the way he was talking to people. Um, and I, I think it's great. Lovely to see him. Lovely to see him coming on. And, and um, to be such a talented baker and a great scientist. I'm all for scientists. My daughter's a scientist. Yeah, so go, go science is um, so good, for, good for him. Yeah, and despite uh, um, winning not only the Greybridge Bake Off and the Christmas Greybridge Bake Off, he will still uh, feel particularly saddened that Howard Milton gave him second place um, three years ago. <laughs> I mean, it, it's nice to win the Bake Off, but what everyone really wants is for Howard Milton to uh, acknowledge them as the winner. I mean, Howard, you're never going to get over this. I can't believe we've done 20, 20 plus episodes of a podcast and that story had never come up before. <laughs> um, well, congratulations uh, to Rahul. Well, Howard, it wouldn't be a Bake Down podcast if we didn't come to you for a Howard's hump. So was there anything, even in a Christmas special, that caused a hump? I think it was a little bit confusing about what time of year it was. So clearly, I think this was filmed in the summer and we got Matt in short sleeves. We got Prue in a scarf. Um, so I think they were trying to do that it's, it's New Year, but it wasn't quite pulled off. What really gave, uh, was my hump, though, was that beautiful coat that Nancy had, the yellow coat. So she clearly got the brief that they were going to go into the tent as if it's January. Fine. When I was on, I didn't get that memo. And I ended up wearing a crew member's coat going into the tent because I hadn't taken one with me. And I didn't even have the same crew member's coat for two days running. The second day, I had a small one. So I'm eternally embarrassed about the fact that I went into the festive Bake Off special wearing a crew member's coat. Could have had one like that. It's another story I'd not heard before. (laughs) It was terrific to to have a Howard Tump, even even in a special one-off episode. Well, it's been so terrific to be able to do one final podcast of the uh, series with, with both of you just before we leave. Are there any New Year's baking resolutions that either of you have we know the steamer is coming out jane is there anything else that's maybe inspired you from the 2020 series of bake off or something else you're hoping to explore in the baking world in 2021 well not so much baking to be honest um always you know we learn every day and we should learn every day and we should try new things every day because that's that's fun and exciting um but i'm gonna chocolate is going to be my thing this year I'm going to learn how to temper it properly. I'm going to make 
filled chocolates. I'm not going to do sculptures like Rahul did this time because that's a lot of chocolate. But yeah, I want to get better at my chocolate skills. Um, and if they ever invite me back into the tent again, that chocolate collar will work. It definitely will work. So yeah, chocolate is my new um, obsession. Great. Well, we look forward to seeing your Instagram full of wonderful uh, tempered chocolate and uh, chocolate creations. But how? What about you? Any any baking resolutions or even resolutions outside of baking for you in twenty twenty? Baking resolutions. I, I am going to finish off the, the things that I've I've started. So uh, yeah. But also, I think because we've got some, uh, I think online classes are going to go ahead for certainly the foreseeable future. I'm just going to keep practicing what we can do in roughly about an hour and a half and an hour and 45 minutes. I think, um, I think it's quite a good uh, challenge, really. Yeah, well, we have loved uh, doing all these online classes and uh, some of them creep up to two hours. And if you're Dan Beasley Harling, he, he tends to go even beyond that. But we have got <laughs> so many classes uh, coming up in the uh, in the weeks and, and months ahead. And, uh, you know, Howard's Sausage Rolls is back. We've got uh, Ian's uh, Opera Cake, Jane's Donut class back, Andrew's doing Sticky Toffee Pudding. We've got Ian teaching a Citrus Slice and a Charlotte Royale, Dan with Crackalad and a Berry Roulade, Harry, Howard's Berry and Custard Tarts back, Karen's doing an Angel Slice. There are, there are really uh, genuinely dozens of classes every Saturday and Sunday. We have had, um, over this Christmas period, we had a, we had a class where we had, um, someone in Western Australia at one in the morning at the same time that we had uh, people on the West Coast of America at 9am. So it really has been incredible to have people from all over the world with us. And we hope you'll continue to join us. Uh, but Howard and Jay, thank you so much for doing this podcast. It's been so nice to uh, to do it. It is a while until we have uh, potentially a, another podcast. But uh, thank you so much to everyone who has listened and supported the podcast. If you have left a review, that is very kind. If you would like to, uh, we would love that. And moreover, we'd love to see you at an online class. Class. remember if you can use the code podcast to get 10% off any classes well thank you and we hope to be with you again before long and happy new year and a very happy new year as Jane uh, points out we wish you all tremendous 2021 and uh, we hope it will be uh, so much easier and better of course for everyone around the world just heard a stripped media production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.